welcome to the Heads Together podcast. Oh my goodness, I am so glad you're joining me this week because we've got a Rebecca Gunter takeover. So basically, this week the tables are turned on me and Rebecca's coming on. Um, those of you who don't know, Rebecca is a client of mine. She's an incredible brand strategist. She's the most amazing copywriter um, I've ever known. And she is also my dearest bestie across the pond. So Rebecca is coming on to interview me. So I really, this is so funny. The tables are completely turned and she's gonna be talking to me about positioning statements, how I've used them in my business ever since Rebecca first taught me about the entire, the whole concept of positioning. I was so green when I started this business that I didn't even know about positioning. So everything that I do now with positioning, which is such a fundamental part of my business and of the work I do with my clients, really has come from Rebecca. So this week, she's interviewing me about the ways I use my positioning statement within my business and also how I see it fitting into an entrepreneur's overall timeline when it comes to creating their business model, their marketing, their strategies, etc. So I'm not going to steal any of her thunder. Let's go. Welcome, welcome to the Heads Together podcast. I'm Jill Mokes, and I am obsessed with cutting through the noise when it comes to growing your business. Each week, via intimate coaching conversations and inspirational stories, I share what it really takes to get the results you want in a way that feels right to you. I am all about attracting higher ticket opportunities, building authentic relationships, and creating the abundant, full-fat version of your dream business. I mean, how many of us have beavered away creating a light version of what we really want? The thing is, I honestly believe when you're outstanding at what you do, there is no limit to what you can achieve. So, are you ready to put our heads together and make it happen? Let's go. Jilly. I'm here to give you a dose of your own Jill pill. I'm taking over your podcast (laughs) today. I love it. I am taking over your podcast today. You have no choice. This is a friendly takeover for the next 35 to 40 minutes. I have an agenda. Oh my God. I cannot get over the ability that you have to take this delightful little marketing tool we have called the positioning statement, which is a single statement that answers who, what, why, where, and when for any business project or endeavor and rock that puppy in application. And I want to interview you about how you do that because even as a, you know, fluff my hair marketing expert darling, adjust my sunglasses and throws a feather boa over my shoulder. I sometimes have trouble articulating how to apply this little beauty to business. 
And I'm asking you on your own dang podcast, if you'll have a conversation with me about it. I would love to. You know, you know how much I love positioning. It's my favorite thing to do, right? And you and I have been at it for a long time. Since our very first conversation together, when you told me really what positioning was. Until then, I didn't even, I didn't understand what positioning was at all, let alone how incredibly important it is. What a segue, because I think it's important in this episode, in this takeover, to not just dive into all this delicious content without letting our audience know exactly what a positioning statement is and why you chose to embrace the exercise of creating one and how it was worth your time at all to crawl through the glass and figure out the answers to the following questions. Who are my people? What do they need? Who am I? What do I deliver? And why am I special, different, or the one? Jilly Mokes, why did you care so much to go through that exercise for the very first time? And why was it so worth it to you that you do it for every single project you have? great and small, from a business to a book to a chapter to a new social media platform, we get real deep in it. Right. We do. I'm obsessed with it. Obsessed. And and in answer to that question, why, it's because when, when you first taught me what positioning was, I was... I was kind of wandering into entrepreneurship. So this, as most people will know now, this is my third business. And only since I started this business as a coach have I really understood what positioning is and applied it. In the first two businesses I ran, one as a virtual assistant and then the second business as the the owner um, of a VA and online business management agency. In neither of those businesses did I ever position myself in the market and position my business. It was only when you taught me the importance of it did I do it for this business. And since then, I haven't looked back. It changed everything for me. Sometimes I think when I say that, people think I'm blowing smoke up your ass or something because, you know, it's like I make such a big deal of positioning. But it genuinely changed everything for me. It gave me that it's overused phrase. It gave me the North Star. It made me think. So part of the beauty for me of positioning everything is the thought process that you go through to come up with that single statement. Like you said, a positioning statement is a sentence, but it's so much more. It's the thought process that you go through to get to that sentence. The laser focus on each of those questions that gives you the clarity like I'd never had before in terms of what I was trying to achieve by running this business. Put 
positioning in context of business development and planning overall. Is this, in your opinion, a marketing tactic? Is this something that's really part and parcel with branding? Or is this business planning? Is this growth development? Where does this fit in the ecosystem of creating your full fat business by design? Great question. What a great question. So when I work with my private clients, we kind of follow a very loose framework depending on where they are in terms of the establishment of their business. So we tend to begin with their vision for what they want. We then move on to their goals, what they actually want to achieve in terms of their financial goals, their lifestyle goals, and their reputational goals. We then move on to building out their business model. What are their revenue streams? Who are their clients and how much are they charging? We then move on to their strategies in terms of developing that business, in terms of marketing, sales, operational strategy, all of that kind of thing. And then we go into the weeds of systems if they want to go down that deeply with me. Usually we're kind of goals to to, to strategy is where we do most of our work together. So in answer to your question about where does in that whole process, that moxie method, <laughs> which makes me laugh every time I say it, where does positioning sit there? I think a lot of people would put it in the strategy. They would say it's a marketing thing. It's a branding thing. For me, it actually comes right before we go into business model. Because only when you know who you are, who are your people, what do they need? How how can you create a business model that identifies the right products, services, offers at the right prices for the right people until you've done that positioning work. So when you're positioning your business as a whole, that sits before you even decide on the final business model that you're going to run with. Obviously, if your business is more established Doing this whole process, doing positioning, if you like, at any stage is going to make you retrospectively go back and look at your business model and look at your offers, look at your services, etc. Now, what comes out the other end of the positioning in terms of your messaging, etc., is what's going to make your marketing completely fly. It's going to make your brand visibility go through the roof. It's going to make your lead generation take off, which will then result in more sales to the right people of the right products. But you can't do it in the wrong order. You will never have a great marketing strategy if you have not positioned, one, your business, two, your offers. Damn, Julie, I need that on a (laughs) t-shirt. But let me ask you a question. Even seasoned entrepreneurs might push back and say, hey, I understand my ICA. I know that my people are women between the ages of 25 and 40 who have disposable income and they go to Mm -hmm. the gym and do this thing. 
Mm-hmm. I've written an extensive, maybe I've even written an extensive summary about my market, you know, the demographics of it and the tried the best I can to kind of get inside who they are as people through just kind of traditional business planning. Why do I need to go now and do the additional work of squeezing this into one single sentence? Mm, Good question. Because you're right. I think a lot of people do positioning or part of positioning, I think, um, without necessarily consciously creating a positioning statement. But that, for me, is where the magic lies. And it actually ties the two uses, for me, of the positioning statement together. One is in establishing your business model. So that's the fundamentals. That is, you know, who are my people and what do they need? But then when it comes to your marketing messaging, who are you and why are you different and what do you deliver? That's the part that makes your messaging sing. So when you create this magical statement that pulls both of those two parts together, that's when things start to really happen. And logistically, why it's important to have it in a sentence is that primary reason, you can fit it on a post-it note and stick it everywhere so that you're looking at it all the time. And this is what I do all the time. I have mine up on the wall. I have because we've positioned my business a few times when I've pivoted, when I've changed my focus of my business, straight away, we go back, we reposition. When I decided to start writing my book, absolutely position that book. Who's it for? What does it deliver? You know, the the questions are always the same. The sentence you come up with becomes this kind of like a mantra. And I can still say that the messaging I use today in my marketing um, absolutely pulls invariably from one positioning statement or another that I have peppered around. It might be positioning around a product, it might be positioning me, my business, whatever it is. But there are lines I pull from that. And there are little mantras I have from it. Yeah, I freestyle it. Freestyle it. Absolutely. I don't, I never, my positioning statement as a whole has never been read start to finish by anyone other than me and you. Because that's not the intention of it. It's an internal thing. It sort of guides everything, but it's not a, it's not your bio. It's not something you just replicate out, but you pull parts of it where it's relevant into your marketing messaging. And you always have the whole thing in the back of your mind. Freestyle it right now. Freestyle some of your positioning that you use every day. Right. Okay. So, all right. Okay. So let's say someone is asking me for my thoughts around entrepreneurship. That's easy. I believe that when you're outstanding at what you do and you're brave enough to do things your way, then you deserve a life of infinite possibility. That is the because part of the end of my positioning statement. And it's truly what I believe. 
But to get to that, that sounds so simple. It sounds like, oh, well, they probably came up with that in an instant. No, because here's the thing. It might not land with everyone as being groundbreaking or life-changing. That's that little part of my positioning statement. But it is for me. And that's what matters. It's how that positioning statement makes me feel about having that clarity around my business and what I do and why I do it. That is what matters to me. So for freestyling little snippets of it, that comes so easily for me because I have like, there's lots of little lines. And one of them is co-creating wild visions. You know, you'll see that in my um, social media copy every now and then. Sometimes I'll, I'll use it as a hashtag even, you know. I'm just trying to think of other things I do. Uh, ambitious, uh, freedom-seeking, um, ambitious entrepreneurs on the grow. People will definitely have seen that probably in my forming part of my LinkedIn bio or, you know, these little snippets of my positioning statement appear everywhere. You just, I just don't regurgitate the whole statement because that's not what it was for. And then what happens? The, like, that sounds great. You have a big bag of candy that you can pull from when you're writing your own copy. But how does that impact your bottom line? Or how does that impact the growth and success of your marketing campaign or your business itself? Oh, that's that I can answer that so easily. Personally, it means that I can create content pretty much effortlessly and on demand because I have this bank of positioning, this bank of things about me and my business and my offers and things about the people I serve that are consistent. They're all called out in my positioning statement. When I go to create a piece of content, all I've got to do is think of one of the little aspects of my positioning statement, and I can spin off from that 20 pieces of content if I need to. Or I think this is what it is. I never feel like I'm starting from scratch ever when it comes to my content. I never feel like I'm starting with a blank sheet of paper. And sometimes I think, and I've had clients say to me before when I've talked to them about this and they've said to me, oh, but I'm really worried that I'm going to just sound really repetitive if I keep saying the same thing. And I always give the same answer. Great, great, because that is what builds a brand. That's what makes you recognizable and Please don't sit there and think that every single person out there sees, hears, watches every piece of content you create because they don't. So whilst to you it might seem like you're repeating a lot of the same messages, actually for everyone who consumes your content, it's it's way fresher than that. It, it doesn't come across like that. And it's really important to have a style that becomes recognizable, to have catchphrases or words that are recognizable, right? Jilly, you are a woman after my own heart. The words you're saying are giving me, you me infinite life. Oh, come on. Say it again. One more time. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> what do you think, though, is the difference between positioning and messaging? 
you those are two words we hear out there all the time like oh you got to get your positioning and you got to get your messaging we already let our friends at home know the positioning ties together who your people are what they need who you are, why you exist in the world and do it or do the thing or why it has value. And then all centered around like whatever the business model is that delivers. So everybody by now is already an expert at what a positioning statement is, but you're tossing around messaging a lot and you're talking about little Mm -hmm. phrases and ideas. Mm. So how do you create a distinction between those two for yourself and the projects that you work on? So for me, the positioning statement is the sentence. It's the really distilled down set small number of words, relatively speaking, that make the final cut into this state positioning statement. It's the best set of words that I can come up with that really reflect the way I feel about my business and that really clarify who I serve and how I serve them. Your messaging is almost the firework that comes off from that platform of positioning. So it's taking each part of your positioning statement and thinking, okay, so if I now know that that is who I serve, What's their language? How do I speak in their language and what words do I use? Well, the chances are if you've done that thought process really thoroughly, you have lots of options for each of the parts of your positioning statement. Who am I? Who do I serve? How do I serve them? Um, you, you roll this off your tongue way better than I do, but, and what makes me different? You know, there will be lots of ideas that came up for you when you're writing that that didn't make that final cut. Those start this fireball of messaging because they might not have made the final cut for your positioning statement, but they absolutely can start forming and padding out the themes around your messaging. So for me, what messaging is, it's, and messaging is not copywriting. Um, that this is another mistake that I see a lot, which is that people think that their messaging they to nail their messaging, they just have to be a good copywriter. And it's way more than that because the messaging is the the strategic thought that goes into what words end up on the page or what words you speak on a podcast. For me, the messaging is all about really understanding who your audience are and then really understanding the message that you want to get across to them and how to do that in the words they recognize, understand, and and speak themselves. For me, an example of poor messaging for me on this podcast, for example, would be me coming on, talking about the latest funnel for low-ticket offers, and getting into massively detailed tech speak about it. Now, that would be me missing the mark on messaging. I might do it in a really eloquent way, and I might give the best overview of this very high-tech piece of kit for selling a high-volume, low-ticket offer, 
But in terms of the messaging for the audience that I know I have and the clients that I work with, that messaging would be so off because the clients I work with have higher ticket offers. They aren't interested in tech. They outsource that side of things to their, their team or to a VA. What I was might be saying might be really spot on for a different audience. My messaging for my audience would be so off because it would not be relating to what I do and how I serve them. And it wouldn't be relating to what they want. And it wouldn't be a reflection of what makes me different for them, because it would be kind of painting myself as something I'm not. So whilst it might make a um, a lot of downloads on the podcast, for example, would it be the right messaging for me using my podcast as a marketing tool? No, absolutely not. What would be the worst case scenario if you did not have the right messaging? Like, what would the impact of that kind of like, you know, I would call that kind of content without intent. So you're, Ooh, you know, you're just yeah. kind of putting something, oh, well, you know, funnels, that's business. We're talking about funnels. Then let me show everybody how to do it. Um, and you're just checking a box of having like, well, one more show kind of under the belt. How does not putting intent behind content and putting out the wrong messaging hurt your brand? Oh, goodness. Let me count the ways. I think predominantly you will either attract no one or you will attract people who are not the clients that you want to be working with or even not the pre-client. So quite often the episodes I do now um, are for my podcast audience is slightly different to my uh, private clients. So some of my listeners I know are people who would fit my ideal client profile. Some of my listeners are probably people who are coming up behind, but that's their goal is to be an entrepreneur with their own business, someone who is focusing more on a higher ticket offer rather than a very automated low ticket passive income type of model. So that those people are coming up and I get that. I have a spectrum of audience listeners. If I put out messaging that is not related to any of those people, who's that's not related for where those people want to go, I'm going to be attracting the wrong people into my world. It means that people applying for a breakthrough session with me are going to not be the right profile of people that I can help. Because that's the thing we need to remember as well, is that There is a reason that we refine our marketing and our messaging so that we speak to the right people. It's because it's not just for this selfish reason of, oh, I only like to work with such and such a client profile. It's also because we can't help everyone. I I am definitely not the right coach for everyone. Definitely not. So I need to make sure that my messaging reflects who I am and what I do and who I am a good coach for, rather than trying to scoop up everybody um, into my world, because we know that doesn't work. We know it doesn't. First of all, I just want to say publicly, you are the coach for me. So... (laughs) 
<laughs> you got me and your big butterfly next. And you are my wonderful client. <laughs> oh, indeed. But I, you're, you're really going in a direction that makes mama happy because I think you're touching on something very, very powerful that positioning can kind of help wor- do the inner work almost of your entrepreneurial self when you identify who it's for and what they actually need. Because when we kind of come to the table as, um, well, well, I'm for everybody who just kind of needs somebody to help them run their business. That's a mindset, an entrepreneurial mindset. That's toxic. I think that you're so afraid of turning other people off that you just become kind of like this, you know, manila presentation that no one can really connect with in any kind of way but it requires a sense of bravery self-confidence self-awareness moxie to position yourself as you know i'm really only looking for this very specific kind of client because that makes me happy And I think the reason that particularly um, women fall into is second guessing whether or not you deserve that kind of client yet. If you don't have to pay your dues, if you don't have to continue to work with shitty clients for three, five, seven years until the kind of client you actually want to work with thinks that you're viable, credible, capable enough to buy into what you do. But by that point, you have three, five, seven years worth of messaging that I'm for anybody. So you'll never actually capture that client. And if you take the brave step to just kind of like use positioning to plant your flag, to declare to the world, hey, these are the people that I am for, it requires a level of self-confidence that absolutely if i had a magic wand i would bestow upon everyone within the um listening uh footprint of this podcast oh my goodness i could not agree more and i have to say that i think it's a conversation i have with every client um around niching And I think that niching has become this kind of word that people really hate. They don't want to niche down. But I think that's because they've been, they've kind of been at the end of some kind of, I don't know, instructional around how you niche. You must niche down to this absolute granular level. You know, that's not true. What your positioning statement will do for you is help you naturally niche down in an, in a couple of different ways because it will help you realize that you're not the whatever you do for everyone. I just I have to stop doing air quotes on a podcast. It's ridiculous. People <laughs> at home, imagine Jilly air quotes. <laughs> ding ding. Exactly. Exactly. Um, But it's so true. People struggle to niche down. I certainly know coaches in particular really, really struggle to niche down, you know, and it is that scarcity mindset that comes in. You know, I really want to sign more clients. So it makes no sense to alienate some of my potential clients. Absolute opposite is true. And that's what positioning helps us do. It helps us 
get really clear on who we are and therefore get really clear on who we serve and how we serve them, which helps you niche. And then why you're different. And that helps you niche down. And niching down really is the thing that comes into play again with messaging. So positioning statement helps you niche down. Once you've niched down, you're, it's even more important that your messaging is on point because suddenly you've got this tight group of people that you are speaking directly to. So combine that with massively on point messaging that really understands those people's pain points, their idea of what they really want. Speak directly to those things and that will transform your business. I would say if there's one thing that crushes most businesses that I see out there who don't, who aren't achieving what they want to achieve, it's poor messaging. Well, I think that also comes from a level of, well, either, I don't know, obtuseness about the power of it or just kind of like a blind spot. Um, but also this imposter syndrome we touched on earlier to declare to the world, I am an overpaid consultant and I am for people who only want to meet once a month, but that conversation is worth a million dollars, whatever, whatever your, whatever your presentation is to, to come out and be like, I am for that. And then the second part, I think that is, really, really hard that nods to this kind of self-belief or self-actualization is in the who needs part. So once you can identify, oh, like, okay, I'm for, you know, entrepreneurs, business builders, and change makers, who need, who need what? We often get really trapped in the need is an administrative lift. The need is a wagon puller. The need is someone who can do this thing. So if you maybe if you were a VA, uh, you might say who needs someone who can handle the day to day stuff. That's not what your client actually needs. They don't need a body to fill a role. They need a transformation. They need a problem solved. They need to go from point A to like point D or Z or B, or whatever it is that you've decided um, strategically to move together. But people can't get past this, like, 20 years of experience. I am a communication, ex- like, they can't get kind of past their resume or what they deliver in terms of, a you know, support or a lift and get really deep into what your client actually needs. They need to you know, build an unrestricted business. They need to enter a new market space. They need to um, be better at public speaking. They need to capture an audience. They, there's just a thousand different ways you can kind of approach what their need is. But when you get stuck in the wagon pulling part of it, your messaging also becomes, you're just like one of a kajillion service mm-hmm. providers who are trading money for time. However, it's very, very difficult to 
see out of the, well, I can do, you know, marketing plan execution and implementation. So to social media management, get past your like benefit, you know, your features and kind of get move into the benefits of working with you. And positioning can really help people unpack what that is because that that delivers checks that box already that delivers the one-on-one workshops that delivers the you know consulting that delivers the graphic design marketing asset development you know etc so filling in the who need part is very very powerful almost as powerful as because only these are all tied, I think, to self-awareness, self-actualization, living your brand. I, I'd love to share my who need. Please do. We can't wait to hear what your people need. Yeah. So my people need to discover and design a new reality and a life and business lived on their own terms. So Shut up and take my money. Me, right. Yes. I mean, that is what my people need. You could have easily positioned that who need a coach to help them, who need a guide to show them, who need, that's mm-hmm. wagon pulling. That's Instead, wagon pulling. you're like, my people need a life of their own choosing and the belief that it's for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when I was coming up with, when we worked together on my positioning. So when we were coming up with that final positioning statement of which that is a small part, there would have been other phrases like, for example, they need confidence. They need self belief because those are the things I deliver in terms of coaching. So another part of my positioning statement is that I deliver the the map, the mindset and the motivation. Now, those three words, like what a brilliant distilled version of what I do. Yes, I deliver the map. So, yes, I tell them do this thing next when that's required. But I also deliver the motivation. So, the the cheerleading, the you've got this, you can do this. And then also the mindset, the really deep work around imposter syndrome, around can I really do this? Am I good enough? The money mindset that throws them off track, all of those things. But in my positioning statement, it's distilled into three words, the map, the motivation and the mindset. Can confirm that you do all of those things. I know from personal experience and anyone who's ever worked with you. I know this isn't a Jilly commercial, but let's take a moment right now and shout out that you absolutely deliver those things. How did you get the courage to start thinking about my clients need confidence rather than, oh, my clients need a step-by-step process, or my clients need systems, or my clients need someone to talk to? How did you yourself get into that kind of brain space to be able to ideate that beautiful three-word alliterative that encapsulates your brand so well? 
So that's interesting, actually. The way that that happened is that clients would come to me saying, I'm overwhelmed with my business. I want better systems. I want better strategies. I don't know what, um, I, I, I think I need a new offer. Very, very transactional things. That's what they would come to me with and say, can you help me put together a, a business plan? Can you help me write my marketing strategy? Um, those would be typically things that people would come to me for. But as soon as we would start working together, it would always be this kind of backwards movement to really dive into mindset work first. Because quite often the problem was never the transactional stuff. Their strategies weren't wrong. Their business model wasn't wrong and they already had great offers. What was missing was the confidence and the self-belief that they could sell them. So that was always a big part of, that's always a big part with any client working with me now. It's two things. They lack the confidence to take a risk and try something new. And they lack the confidence to put themselves out there and make sales, which is why we're all in business after all. Well, this is a hindsight is 2020 conversation, meaning, oh, I paid attention to how my clients worked with me. What they were asking for and what they needed were two different things. How would you coach somebody who was maybe starting something new or kind of creating a 2.0 or 3.0 version of themselves using a positioning statement for work that hadn't happened yet. Or they didn't have the benefit of saying, well, I just have listened to my people for the last two years and here's what the Lord is telling me. Yeah. (laughs) I think a, a positioning statement needs to be true today and also aspirational. Can you speak to that? Yeah, I completely agree. And I think you know that one of my huge things is around not creating a light version of the business you really want. And I think that is something that we, that a positioning statement really helps us with. Again, I'm going to come back to it again. The thought process we go through creating that positioning statement is so expansive. It's really hard to do the work behind writing a positioning statement by saying, well, I'm going to start with just a, a, a $25 course um, and I'll, I'll just kind of do that and see how I get on. Right. No, that's, that's going to be a hard business to position, right? You, it helps people think bigger. And one of the things that I would do differently if I could go back and start my business again is that I would have thought bigger and I would have cultivated the confidence in myself to think bigger from day one. Because in terms of making progress in your business, doesn't actually matter how big your goal is. The process of growing your business is the same. So why wouldn't you have the goal to achieve the thing you really want? 
It might mean your path is longer. But in terms of getting your positioning right at the beginning and doing that foundational work, you're going to be so far ahead of everyone else in your industry when it comes to growing the business you really want. You're going to be so far ahead. You're going to have so much more clarity than I'm going to say probably 90% of businesses have. As particularly at the moment where we've got so many new entrants into the entrepreneur, entrepreneurial arena. I think if you do this one thing, two things, sorry, create a positioning statement and get crystal clear on your messaging. If you just started your business and did those two things, you would put yourself in the top tiny percentile of people who are on a trajectory to success, as opposed to the people who start a business, copy what the closest um, guru influencer to what they want to do is doing, try and kind of piecemeal that together without doing that really foundational self-work, the confidence to go for what you really want, the positioning of who you do, understanding your target clients inside and out, talking to them in a voice they understand, creating the offers they need. To me, I have to be careful sometimes because to me now, I cannot imagine doing a new project, like writing my book, um, launching this podcast. I cannot even imagine how anyone would start to do one of those things if they didn't position it. So it's almost got to a point where it's so obvious to me how important it is. But I, I have to remind myself it isn't as obvious as this to people who don't know about it. Because it wasn't obvious to me when I started. It's a formula. So if you can just kind of start thinking about that formula over time, it really does set you up for success in so many ways. If it, as a, when I'm copywriting for a client and I haven't done positioning, I like will squint at that screen for four hours fighting with a cursor. Like, where do I start the story? If that ever happens, generally, it'll, once I kind of am aware of it, I will stop everything I'm doing, go back and write a positioning statement just to give myself the structure of writing the thing. So like you, I position all my calls on Calendly. Who is this call for? What do they need? What are we delivering on this call? Who and why is this a different call than they would have with a different kind of you know, business person or a different kind of colleague or a different kind of partnership. Why does that matter? And then when I go to write all the copy that goes around, a Calendly call requires, you know, the call itself needs copy, the reminder needs copy, the calendar, you know, invite gets copy, the follow-up gets copy. If you've positioned the call itself, Everything stays so tight and, you know, cohesive and smooth and approachable and friendly and branded that the sales process goes so much smoother. And that's actually where I want to transition and close out our conversation today, which is around doing the work of positioning 
and how it impacts your ability to sell. I'm going to lead us with a KPI. A KPI being a key performance indicator, something you should look for out in the universe. The minute somebody that is not on your team spits your messaging back to you, it's a wrap. That that is a closed deal. Whatever your ask is, whether it's to be referred to someone, if you're putting forth a contract, if you're um, trying to get an appointment, the minute the other person on the phone or the Zoom call or the email says your words back to you, that is a wrap on the kind of life cycle of a message. Your thoughts. Yes, yes, and yes. I can still remember the first time that happened to me. So one of the things that I say to my clients all the time, and I say in messaging, it's about making smart decisions. My mantra around um, when I'm thinking about my own mindset in business, and this is one that came up for me with money mindset. So I say this all the time. If I make smart decisions, I will always have enough uh, for any circumstance that the future throws at me. I just got to make one smart decision after another. And I can still remember a client once on a call saying to me, well, a coach I once knew once said to me, I just got to make smart decisions and I'll have everything I need. And it would just blew me away. I just, yeah, I mean, it's happened a lot since then because for that very reason that we said before about keep using those phrases, keep using full fat business, don't create a light version of what you want, freedom seekers, entrepreneurs on the grow. You know, I have a lot of words I use over and over again in my messaging and marketing. And I'm never going to not do that for fear of being repetitive because it's so powerful when people speak it back at you. It's sort of like, oh, it's a great feeling. Looks like I've made it. That's what it sounds like to me. (laughs) I love it. Well, and and I can't, I can't let us close out. I know this is your show today, but I can't let us close, close out without just, as I always have to thank you so much for this, because Again, it sounds like I'm gushing, but honestly, the power of the positioning statement is second to none for me. I'm not over-egging it, people listening. If you take one thing away from this, please reach out to Rebecca. Please contact for her will be in the show notes, but please reach out and learn how to either get her to write, um, write your positioning or teach you how to do that because it's so powerful. And there'll be ways um, that you can work with Rebecca that will be in the show notes. It will change everything for you, especially if you're someone who knows they need to niche down, someone who knows that their messaging could be better, whether it's a Facebook ad, whether it's a social media caption, whether it's a blog post, whether it's a podcast episode. If you're not getting the traction that you want from it, I will put my money on it being something is out with your messaging. And until you have done the work for your positioning, you're never going to know your messaging. First of all, this is a co-creation space and a joint adventure. 
So there's no stepping on any toes here. And of course, it feels so good and fills my love tank to hear. And I absolutely encourage folks to reach out to me. I have so many resources to share to help folks be able to craft a sentence for themselves. Whilst I so appreciate the plug and can absolutely help folks in need to have something professionally facilitated, I don't think it's something you need to have a professional brand strategist develop for you. In fact, it's not sustainable if you're creating one for a Calendly call or a new podcast or uh, even just like a, a workshop. I'll position them, you know, as 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 distilled down as possible because the answers to the questions are still true. So understanding how to do the formula is very, very important and you can do it on your own, except it's really hard to do on your own. So if you can't, you know, enroll some professional services, then I encourage you to find a colleague or some other folks that you can brainstorm and work through this with because there's just a perspective there when you've got, you know, a couple of different people to help you through the process that's just kind of unparalleled. Uh, it's important, I think, to get that kind of feedback on a positioning statement. That's how you get great at it. And then, you know, keep on rocking the world. But sometimes this kind of thing needs just pull yourself out of yourself enough to uh, to get to the deep, deep work. And you can do it on your own. But I am also here. Yay. Number one, you have some great resources on this, which I'm really hoping you'll share with our audience. And so maybe they could opt in for that in the show notes, which would be super. Yes, because they could go to RebeccaGunter.com slash heads together. Perfect. Let's say that one more time. You could go to RebeccaGunter.com slash heads together. R-E-B-E-C-C-A-G-U-N-T-E-R dot com slash heads together. And there are positioning resources there specifically for your audience. Perfect. Do, do go and check those out. Again, I'll put the link in the show notes anyway. <sighs> Jilly, this was so much fun taking over your podcast to Wait. talk about positioning. I, I almost it. felt... You nailed it. I, my God, I hardly had to say a thing. You're the easiest person to interview in the entire world. Oh, what's the next thing you're going to position? Oh, okay. Um, what's the next thing I'm going to position? What a good question. I will tell you actually. Um, and I'm probably going to do it this afternoon. I have recently discovered Substack. So um, I have a new newsletter, which is really exciting. And it's kind of like, it's not just for my potential client type listeners. It's very much bringing into my newly discovered world of writing and everything that I'm enjoying by bringing my book to life. So Substack is my kind of, oh, it's going to be a bit of a wider platform, I think. But I, but I don't know yet because I haven't positioned it yet. But that's on my agenda. The excitement on your face is delightful. Yes, I love it. Yeah. Okay. That's good news. I can't wait to see it, hear it, see the phrases peppered all over the place. Your robust marketing mix, juicy. Perfect. Thank you so much. I think we're going to wrap up now. So. I'm going to say goodbye to now. for now. I'm going to thank Rebecca again for hosting today. And isn't she just amazing? Um, and I'll catch you next week. 
same time, same place, normal, normal. Back to me, I'm afraid, next week. So any of you who loved Rebecca really um, too much are going to have to petition her to start her own podcast. So, you know, there we go. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everyone. And see you next week. Bye for now. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that getting our heads together this week has filled your mind with what's possible. If you love the show, would you do me a massive favour, please? Would you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts? It would really help you put more heads together, reach more ears and expand more minds. Until next week, bye for now. Bye for now.